Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deadline, guaranteed contract, $7 million savings, you know, tax line. All, it's like now it makes perfect sense. Now, uh, of course, we know why they traded away Noah Vonley. Uh, and, and like you said, whether it's Kemba or other guys around the league with this deadline, you're going to see more of those guys that are, you know, cut loose or moved or whatever it is. But uh, I guess the most interesting part of it now is that unlike before, the Celtics do have a free roster spot, which in in all likelihood, they're just going to carry. You know, the buyout market is is still a couple months away, and uh, I don't necessarily see them making a move. But that being said, there have been the reports about Peyton, Peyton Pritchard's potential availability, and obviously we know there are a couple of expiring TPEs that the Celtics still have in, in short order here. Uh, what uh, as as you connect all of these mm. dots, do you see a potential move coming for Boston where there's a guy coming in, not going out? So immediately, no. Um, and I love because you know Twitter immediately says, "Oh, they got an open roster spot. Where's Carmelo Anthony?" And you know, <laughs> I I, I kind of slap my head and and say, yeah. I, "I get it. People love love the uh, the idea of, of of what could be." But uh, they already got Blake Griffin, and so if you needed your time machine, there you go. Uh, he's on what, the roster. What it means is that Gallo's about to play. Yeah, and and that's funny too because now he's running. I actually think that's a good segue because. So I've always thought there's two paths to the Celtics sort of adding one more piece to this roster. And either it's using that Gallo disabled player exception to add someone at above what others can bid on the buyout market. So you can, you know, you you got like $3 million to play with there and you can sort of sprinkle a little bit more than other teams are going to be willing to offer or, or have the ability to offer at a, at at mostly a minimum deal, unless someone's got like a chunk of the mid-level left, which no contender probably does. So you can, you can probably lure someone there or the bigger, like if you want to make a bigger splash, the one path is trading Danilo Gallinari and his in his mid-level or uh you know mid-level money mm-hmm. to go acquire uh something a little bit more more sexy. And you can there's there's also like there you could you could do it where you know you're trading out Gallo and you know bringing back I the salary like a lot of people obsess about these traded player exceptions. I just don't see them them using them um, in part, because if you're trying to save $7 million by moving Noah Vonley, you're probably not going to add another $6 million in salary without sending something out. And maybe that gal is part of that or whatever. So um, it, it'll be very interesting to me uh, what they do. The The biggest thing is like last night, the bench was really good against Dallas. Does that give you any more confidence that they don't need to make a move or do you still need one more piece? And I don't know if I have a, a firm reaction to that yet. Like I feel like when healthy Celtics, it would be very hard for someone to come in here and be kind of hammer out a role. And yet if Hauser continues to struggle, if there's some blips on the radar with, with other bench pieces, it's something you have to consider. So uh, it's good to have the roster flexibility now 
to, to, to potentially maneuver. And, uh, you know, I think it, I don't think it was intentional. Like they were January 10th is, is, was looming and we'll see if Justin Jackson survives it. If they feel like they need another open roster spot, which would probably be, uh, you know, overkill, but, um, they just from the money standpoint, if you could save mm-hmm. seven more million dollars, like, I don't know. So, uh, but the, the, the bigger point here is Brad has some flexibility and it, it's just a, a, a little reminder for all those bench guys. Like, Hey, you know, nothing's set in stone here. They can uh, potentially still explore what's out there. Yeah, the, the housing spot is the only spot that 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 really you could possibly upgrade. They're not trading Pritchard till the off season. They're going to have a problem with guards. I think come the off season between you know uh, Pritchard, uh, JD Davison. They have Begaron, everybody's favorite international prospect right now. He's <laughs> he's doing his thing. Yamadar at some point maybe Ooh, come, like that. They have I forgot about Yam. Love the Yam Adar's out there. He's out there. So it's it's there's Pritchard's not going anywhere because if because between you know Malcolm and Smart, I'm not trying to say Smart's entry prone, but Smart does throw his body around a lot, mm-hmm. and it's just you know you never know. Um, and Pritchard's a valuable guy. He knows their system. Come in, he can run it. He's comfortable. Like that's that's very valuable to have. Boston has an insane, insanely deep guard rotation, and and Pritchard's going to be a part of that. I think for the season, but it's really just about the Hauser minutes. And if Hauser starts shooting better again, then we don't have to talk about really anything because that's that's great. I mean, you go back to the beginning of the season the best lineups Boston had had Hauser on the floor, you know? So mm. yeah, I know that's small sample size theater, but you know, it, it, there, he can make a huge impact when he shoot the ball. well. He's just not shooting the ball well right now. Um, and hopefully at some point he can get back into some good rhythm here, but that's the only spot you can really upgrade the you, using Gallo's salary is very interesting. Um, but I, from I, a human, know, and, and this, this is what I always want to ask people like for, Evan, from a human perspective, you bring this guy in, like he's invested in Boston. He's been on like a, yeah, a bunch of road trips. Yeah, yeah, and and like always looks I, good I, in the sideline too. Dresses up very well. The family okay. grew up rooting for Larry Bird, for Christ's sake. Evan, has he been to your to your suit shop to uh? No, nah, I would. Fresh cuts? If I could dress, if I could dress Gallo, that would be a, a real uh, big thing for me. That'd be like a, an accomplishment. <laughs> I would probably die. Plenty. Yeah, the real, real big accomplishment for me. But you know, again, as as the resident uh, Italian on that team, I'm I'm very attached to Gallo. I love it. it, So it's it's fascinating to me. And Coffin, you can chime in too, like as I take over your podcast. But um, um, like I I am worried. Like I do think Brad has maybe a little bit more not sentimentality, but like has a little bit more human emotion than maybe most GMs do in that spot. So does he have to be sort of cutthroat and be like, we need one more piece? And Gallo's the only really tradable contract, and it doesn't disrupt the immediate chemistry. You know, do you do you pull the trigger on that deal if there's something that materializes, or do you look at this and say, you know, we, we invested in this guy. He's out here Instagramming every friggin' run he does up and down <laughs> the court, and like, does that does that change the calculus at all? Because I think I probably lean more towards the former than the latter. I think like you just got to be hey goal here is to win a championship. If there's the right deal out there, you make the move. And I think Brad, you know, understands that at the end of the day, but it's just a weird situation when you, you know, you're somewhat invested in the guy. So uh, it's, I love that you brought this up because as Evan knows, uh, our, our text chain in and around the Celtics, our buddy Landman who comes on from time to time, he's part of our fantasy league. He has been like, if he's out there listening to this show and he might be, he's basically the Steve Carell office meme where he goes, Thank you, because he <laughs> he has been talking for months about trading away Danilo Gallinari. You've got the salary. Get rid of it. Uh, not not for the sake of doing it, but like this is a trade chip, as you're talking about. And, you know, I will always 
respond with the human element and you know how does brad feel about everything you just outlined and you know one thing we were kind of talking about just a couple days ago was you know the someone i don't remember who it was but somebody had suggested like it's you know that whole conversation we had around when it was traded with the knee and and the the supposed reaction of anthony davis's father when the seas wanted to you know right. in theory bring him in like what is it does does boston turn into a place that players don't want to go because of a a lack of human emotion guy hasn't played a game for you yet tears his acl in the offseason all of a sudden you move him before he even wears the uniform how does that make you look and the way that i respond to that is i don't think it makes a big difference because if the celtics the it thing was way worse i mean that guy Mm -hmm. gave up everything for you not intentionally but he did he gave up everything for you and you survived that just fine in terms of still being you know an attractive destination and landing spot so danilo gallinari is not going to be a ripple on that river so i don't worry about that type of thing at all but in terms of like you're talking about brad looking at it just him personally and saying man like i i'd really like to see this like he's he's you know and and i am certainly a sucker for the i know i i it it may have sounded like a joke earlier but i am definitely a sucker for the you know man he grew up rooting for larry bird and his dad's favorite team was the celtics and and like let's see him i want to see him in the uniform Mm -hmm. uh but there's no underestimating the fact that Hauser stepped into that role has arguably done it better at a significantly reduced rate. And I, he, enjoy, you know, I enjoyed Evan's reaction to that, to that, to that. And, game, he did it better, better for a month. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, but I don't think all of a sudden, like the, the whole Hauser-matic thing is dead. Like Sam Hauser is going no, to be fine. I, you know, I, I, I do believe that. So just uh, rookie year basically. So exactly. I think we're being so, too hard on the guy. <laughs> right. So the whole, the whole, like, you know, long-winded way of putting it i guess is you know as as you said chris i think if the right deal were on the table brad would have to react he'd he'd have to do it but i do not think that he is soliciting it i don't think that when he is looking around at upgrades for this team he is actively saying where can we use the gallo contract to upgrade so now now i'm going to go fully cutthroat and you know after i talked about sentimentality uh, if the dude wanted to play for the celtics so badly then don't play in fiba and be healthy (laughs) so you know or come three years ago when they pursued you right and so ultimately um you know i if if brad thinks there's a move out there to to better this team i hope that sentimentality does not factor too heavily into it i don't really think it will be he traded kemba like i mean that that and, and it's not the same thing and his first move like his first right. like sort of hey i'm here i'm and, and like look when when brad has been able to make the team better and especially if it comes at the perk of getting someone that's like tied up for another three four years you know like let's face it gallinari is not going to help this team in a championship pursuit this year uh, right. aside from his very sharp sideline attire so uh yeah. if you can find someone that can you got to do it well and the, devil's the question is where does that come that from he, though even if he were like, fully helped, mm, might not help you in a championship pursuit because he's, you know, when the rotation tightens, he probably wouldn't have been part of it anyway. Yeah. Ah, it depends. Like, again, I, I would love, I would love if there was an alternate universe where we could see what Gallo would have brought. There would have been nice where he huh. hit like eight, three pointers and we would have been like, Oh my God, what a signing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Evan brings up a good point too. Like where, what's the move. And so I don't know, like it, it's going to come down to, I think in the next month, we'll see a lot of teams start kind of waving that flag saying we're going for, one manana and and like so all of a sudden is there pieces out there that you maybe didn't expect to be available uh teams trying to trim 
payroll fat. Like, I don't know. Uh, that's the hard part that I haven't connected yet. Like wh- who are the obvious options out there? Maybe I just need to start doing my, my homework better. And, and what exactly do you need? You know, is it, I, I've said, like, I think the biggest thing the Celtics need is another defensive minded wing who you would trust in a playoff situation because Jay Crowder up to uh, what's the, that, I, that I, I can't make the money work on that one. Uh, <laughs> plus the dude now is not played for what three months. And uh, which is a weird, weird situation. Uh, and, but there's someone out there. There's somebody that, uh, let's check the Spurs roster because that's all Brad does is trade with with Popovich. I was going to mention Devin Vassell, but I don't think I was going to ask how many how many first round picks would it take to get Devin Vassell on this team because that would be it. <laughs> so let, let's add a 2029 pick swap, a 2000, yeah. uh, you know, like whatever it's got to take to get Pop to to bite on that because that's you know I I, th- I wanted to kill the Johnson for a little bit because the Spurs were having a little bit of a mini fire sale there with Dejounte Murray and I was like I would be calling to kill the Johnson every <laughs> single day. <laughs> so true. Because that guy, I actually like, I liked it better than Dejounte Murray. To be frankly, honestly, I, I love Kelvin Johnson, a great player. But well, that's, don't forget, you know, everyone got excited about the guy who exposed himself to the uh, to the therapist too. That was another yeah. one. Well, Chris is right though. It's about the teams that are at the bottom of the pile, who are looking to cut salary because they're trying to get Weminyama and they're trying to get you know guys that mean stuff. Like Detroit's another team. You know, Bogdanovich is going to get traded. It's just a matter of when. Sadiq um, Bay. Correct. Yeah, but, correcting all that went wrong. But Sadiq Bay like has games where you want to like just you want to pull your hair out because he yeah, just sure. can't hit shots. But you know he's a Villanova guy, and I love guys that play Jay Wright. That's that's like one of my one of my uh, big draft things is like just draft guys that played for Jay Wright because they know how to play. If basketball. only if, if only you'd had a chance, Adam. I know. Yeah. If only. I know. <laughs> I know. But it's it's a team like that, and I'm not, and we don't know exactly who all those players are going to be yet. And you know, you have some idea like the Rockets. Are there Detroit's there? Uh, you're going to have San Antonio there. Charlotte eventually is going to. I think they're they're there. That, that, but that's I don't the know fun wild Yeah, Charlotte's just a dumpster fire. So like this, and there's more teams to add to that, but they're just not. They haven't made themselves available yet. That's where. But that's that's the the question is is you know do you trade Gallo to, to get a better piece right now? And if that trade's available, I bet Brad does it. But I just don't know if that's ever going to come to fruition or not. Again, it takes two to tango, as we found out with Danny so mm. many times. I am curious, Chris, and you may not know right now because, you know, the the league, it, like some of this stuff needs to play out, obviously, uh, over the next, I don't know, month or two as, as we get closer to the trade deadline and, and buyout market and all of that. But sort of who may spring available that is also a perfect fit for this team in terms of mm-hmm. what their needs are, fits right financially, all of that, whether it's using Gallo or not, you know, what, right. however that shakes out, obviously, in terms of the money. But, but a guy that that actually will become available that makes sense for this team. Because as we know, we've talked about it on this show in the past, especially related to the buyout market, but even midseason trades, so few times, you know, so many shows like this spend so much time talking about who do you want? Who do you need? Who can become available? Who's a good fit? And more often than not, even if some of those deals are made, they're not difference-making deals. They're not deals that carry you to a championship. So it, it does make me wonder, um, I don't know if if there will be a guy this year or multiple guys this year that that genuinely makes sense that actually do provide a difference. And obviously, sure. we won't know till we know. 
Yeah. And I think what I do, you know, and I haven't done this exercise yet, but I'll go to uh, spot rack or whatever, one of those salary sites and sort by dudes that make $6 million or less. And, you know, look for guys that fit your prototype that are wings, like high level defenders who maybe haven't tapped into their full offensive potential or vice versa, whatever the case may be. I think because of Hauser, you feel pretty comfortable that if he ever figures out how to be a consistent shooter, like he's going to be a rotation piece. Um, you know, like I probably wouldn't seek offense first i'd be looking for defense uh and maybe that's a vet but the the bigger story is very rarely do trade deadline or buyout moves swing the entire like complex the 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 complexion of the of the postseason i mean you keep everyone goes back and says like oh pj brown sam cassell celtics that you know yeah that helped that's that's the last time and that's literally like that's what that's the point. 15 years ago, like, we, like it, it's been an eternity since someone found someone off the scrap heap that has really impacted the playoffs. And so uh, it's nice to think about and all that. But I guess if, if I'm Brad Stevens, I'm a lot more concerned about, you know, OK, how do we not have our entire bench slump for a month? And how do we make the Jays even better and uh, get Jason Tatum to start actually making three point shots at a at something closer to his career level than the 34 something percent he's shooting now. And so uh, we, but you know, for us, it's, it's fun to obsess about. And I'm sure I'll get a lot of cheap clicks off of, uh, off of the people that we throw out there. So 